2: I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me, Tom up. Hello, why am I first? I'm John
0: Condon. We're doing last names this week? Hello, we don't want people knowing that.
2: I always do last names at the beginning, and we just do the first name at the end. Anyways, listen, take a moment here. So unprofessional. If, If this is your first time joining us, thank you very much. If you're watching us live... Welcome. You're more than welcome to participate on the live stream, which we record every week, Thursday, starting at nine o'clock. Uh, you can talk talk to us through any of the chats of any of the platforms that we're streaming on Twitch, YouTube, Periscope. Not
0: Periscope. Not this not week. Not Periscope
2: tonight. No. <laughs> if you're not joining us live and if you're watching, oh, it, it, or if, if you don't have any of that stuff, you're always welcome to join us on our Discord channel discord.phpugly.com will get you there. Feel free to pop in there. That Discord channel runs all week long, so a lot of our people, a lot of people who listen and participate on the show, are in there. You're always welcome to pop in there and say hello. If you listen to the podcast, welcome. This information is probably old by now, but thank you for listening. And think about joining the live stream sometimes. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. I've been watching our little numbers creep up. It's fun to see. Look, my little. Thing. Are, are we are, are we bumping up on that hundred thousand? We're very close. We're at a hundred and seventy oh. now. One hundred and seventy-four. Look at that. One hundred and seventy-four. Wow. So it's just right <laughs> around the corner. You know, you
0: know why people aren't subscribing? This long preamble in the
3: beginning. Or like, well, and I no. forget born? to mention that you can subscribe. No, more
2: people have been subscribing since I've been doing this preamble, so <laughs> that theory's busted. I, I plan on having a few dead people subscribe here soon. That's how uh, apparently we can do things now in this country, so we'll just
3: have oh, a few. Oh, don't even start. What? Oh, my God. No. no. Did,
2: did you know that dead
0: people legally can vote? Sorry. I didn't mean to go down that uh, road, but I'm, yes. I'm,
2: a, I'm afraid to ask how.
0: If you cast your ballot and then you die, you were legally allowed. That vote still counts, even though you are currently dead. Look,
2: we Somebody just... somebody just, of the show, Joe, Joe Ferguson. The, that's right. He hit that subscribe button. He He's now subscriber 175. Boop, boop, boop. I don't know, man. We need sound effects. We need something. All right. Thank, thanks, Joe. Thanks for hanging out with us. So yeah, join us in our Discord. Discord's always there. Okay. And yes, with all they, of that out of the way,
3: the dead people can only vote depending on the states. Some states, if you die after yeah. you've cast your vote, they throw your vote out. Some ca- some states don't.
2: Really? Yes. Yeah. That's very interesting. I did not. Yeah. Know so that. if
3: I if I had mailed my vote in in Georgia and then died before the counting started, then my vote would have been thrown out.
2: Well, let's just try not dying. How about how about that that yeah. be our goal for next week? We all just not die. I'm on board. <laughs> I think it's it's an achievable. Set that bar low is what I do.
3: So I'm glad we've made it this far, at least, because on Wednesday, uh, Windows decided to update itself. And I woke up to a screen that said, uh, please insert system disk. Oh, dear. Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Don't
2: do that while I'm taking
3: a drink, please. (laughs) If you're not familiar with Windows, that's a bad thing. Um, Well,
0: well, it's a bad thing because modern systems don't have a place to put a disk anymore. Yes. (laughs) I
2: don't. So like The last couple of computers I have didn't have disk drives.
3: I, I screwed around with my system for 30 minutes, just trying to get it to find something to boot off of, trying to figure out what was specifically wrong, which I, I knew it was the hard drive. And I eventually got the system to boot back up no idea how. I basically made a bunch of changes and then undid them and then the system booted up. So well, That's a
2: real problem because this is this is your streaming machine, right? Yes. This is where yeah. we do the show up. Of. Yeah.
3: So this is my yeah. new hard drive <laughs> um which on its own is 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 still stunning to me even though it shouldn't be. But it's credit card sized, you know, a little bigger than a credit card and it's half a terabyte and it was $50. And it's 15 times faster than the hard drive I already had in the machine, which uh, was, I, I assume it's the hard drive is going bad because it is about 10 years old. Um,
2: so are they still spinning platters in there? Those are spinning a...
3: platters, yeah. I have spinning oh. platters in this machine. Oh. So so I just, uh, I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we could all make it because I almost didn't.
2: <laughs> well, let's that's, that's just, it just has to keep it together for another hour and uh, we'll be good
3: yeah that's that 's what i'm betting on is tomorrow i 'm actually going to try and clone my windows over to the to the new s s d and not do a fresh reinstall and see how that goes. But I am going to be backing up all of my OBS and other things that aren't cloud-based right now. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
2: I've been trying to stream from the Linux machine, but I haven't wanted to suggest it yet because I kind of enjoy not worrying about it. <laughs> I like you doing
3: it. Yeah, and I enjoy doing it. There's no reason not to not to do it. Yeah. Besides having
0: a backup in case you need to insert a system disk on a Thursday night. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: How about you, John? How's the uh system seventy-six machine holding up for you with your mm. Harry Mac uh swag on?
0: Mostly great. I've been able to find replacements for anything that I don't have Mac wise. The one big one that I'm kinda missing is audio hijack. Only mm-hmm. for things like I'm not gonna be able to play the the Harry Mac uh mp3 because i don't have a way to get it into skype right now that i know of anyway i haven't figured that out so there's that skype is a pain in the butt because it does something weird with our audio devices so Mm -hmm. it means getting on 15 minutes early and monkeying around with audio settings until things magically seem to work again but outside of that i miss i miss my uh, SQL Ace, uh, MySQL tool, but I'm making do with data grip right now. Uh, you found what is it? Bee Studio, Beekeeper Studio, mm-hmm. but it's so lacking in features. Like mm-hmm. it, it has such potential, but it's it's behind the curve right now. Yeah, and, and uh,
2: the, the the tool <clears throat> I used on Mac, that Table Plus does have a uh, a Linux version, but very much like Beekeeper, it's very limited compared to the mac version and the windows version but i've been kind of bouncing between those i try to i spent a solid week last week on data, data grip and i don't know i just couldn't I, I couldn't get a good feel for it i was actually pretty stuck on that db beaver one which was it was very similar to data grip but I, I, both of them I'm, li- just like, I don't know. I'm making do with data
0: grip the one thing i really dislike about it in sql pros which became sql ace on the mac when you open a new connection, you open it in a new window. We're in data mm-hmm. group, it's you have all the tabs, but all your connections could be intermixed. So you might be mm-hmm. on production on one tab and on your local development on another one and way too easy to make a mistake. So I'm you, finding you myself... you got to
2: really pay attention to what tab you're on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you can color code. Mm-hmm. And it, it does color code along the bottom, I believe. But it's just... It's scary. I'm trying to keep my all tabs right. closed. I'm trying to make sure I'm not all over the place like I used to be able to because I just had separate windows and I kind of was able to see a lot easier.
2: Now this data grip uh, I, I think I asked Thomas this and I, I Thomas, I think you said it did, but I couldn't figure out how. None of the tools I found so far allows you to do the management piece where you can because I'm I'm pretty picky about having individual users per database that only have certain permissions to that database. Right. And I haven't seen that on any of these tools since leaving the Mac. Like, all of them. SQL Ace did it. Uh, Table Plus did it all on the Mac version, but the Linux version does does it. Yeah, you you and I have to do a little pair programming and uh, take a look at it because I I feel like I should be able to appreciate DataGrip more, but I just don't.
0: Yeah, I'm still finding my way around. I hate the fact that you can't filter down to your table name very easily. Yes, you can. Click in there and you can start typing, but you're jumping around. You're n- where in all my other tools that I've used in the past, as soon as I start typing, it basically filtered my list, so I can type a piece mm-hmm. of a table name and find all the tables that match that much easier than I can in DataGrip. And the fact that yeah, the, your tables and your views are separated in almost mm-hmm. folder structure—that's weird. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. The, the reason I keep bouncing back to DB Beaver is I I, I keep wanting to have this ethical uh, thing of, okay, well, I'm just going to use open source. Like it it, it has to be open source first. And then if I have a good argument to not use it, I will, I will move to a commercial tool. And I understand I make a living doing this and I'm fine spending the money. It's more of a exercise for me because I used to be, like everything open source. Like, I really, I, I, I was really behind the open source message and why things were open source. And I've kind of gotten away from that over the last few years. And I, I'm finding myself kind of wanting to go back down that road again, but I'm not quite there yet yeah. because I just like getting things done too too much.
0: <laughs> I, I still have my, my laptop. Here on the desk, it's been closed almost uh, the entire time for the past week. Mm -hmm. I open it occasionally when I need to get something done that I am not quite sure of how I'm going to do it on the Linux machine. Big one is VPNing into different environments. Uh, I finally, I think I've got that all worked out and I don't have to worry about that as much. Uh, The different database connections, just because I hadn't copied all the uh, credentials over to DataGrip. I've got that Mm -hmm. 95% moved over now. So yeah, pretty soon it's going to be off my desk, except for opening it up just to make sure it's updated. So when I have to run out, I have everything I need.
2: Yeah, you actually inspired me. I, I had had my Mac machine to my right here. And when you mentioned that you didn't even have yours open, I'm like, okay, yeah, if John can do it, I can do it. So I just put it away. <laughs> <laughs> I all I all I had been running on it for weeks were just all my chat clients, my Discord, Telegram, things like that. But um, yeah, I I just uh, just set it aside and got rid of it. So yeah, it's been going good. I like it. And, and they yeah. had a big uh, Mac event this year or this week, and. I could care less. I didn't even watch it. I didn't, didn't care about Are it. Are you didn't kidding me? Didn, didn't care. Oh, totally my didn't God. Care. Why? Did I miss something good? Do I want to buy something? What?
0: Yes. <laughs> I, I, I just watch MKBHD. No ADHD.
3: and yes. You didn't miss anything good. Okay. But you're going to want yeah. it so bad. No, nah,
2: I don't think so. Don't the think M1 so. chip? Was that what you're
3: talking yeah, about? Yeah. So Apple Apple this week announced their M1 chip, which is their first custom silicon in ever, Maybe or maybe 20 years. Um, and boy, it was, it was, it was a bunch of really, um, good looking engineers shoveling you horse shit and telling you that it's, it's French fries. Uh, it, (laughs) it was an impressive show. Uh, Apple definitely has this virtual conference thing down. Mm -hmm. Um, They've they've figured out how to make it look good, how to build sets for it, and how to make it not look like it's a replacement for in-person stuff, but like a giant advertisement. Mm-hmm. Um, and they threw out a huge amount of numbers that were all relative to a completely undefined thing. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> this new chip is eight times faster than the top-selling laptop right now. But they don't say what it is. Well, I don't know what that, that means. This, I...
0: I <laughs> Again, I, I I saw MKBHD's video or you know take on it, and he showed a graph that they had, and there was like no real numbers to it. It was just like, hey, look at this line, and here's our line.
3: Right, right. They had a line on a graph that didn't have a, a, a Z or an x axis. It was just a line. Over it was it was a line on a on a one dimensional plane. It had no meaning whatsoever. It was bizarre. Um, Really? Yeah. And then they talked about how they've got engineers at Apple. Yeah, they've got engineers at Apple who are already porting over to the ARM architecture. They didn't call it the ARM architecture. They called it their new architecture, but it's just ARM. Um, And the memory is now on board the chip, the system memory.
2: Is that why all the systems come with such little... Like The memory, I I, I don't think they have a 64...
3: no, you can't. Uh, you can't get a sixty-four. The chip doesn't support it. You can't add memory after the fact. You get the memory and video if card. Your, if your
0: memory goes bad, you can't change it out because it's part of the chip. Yep.
2: What? So now Andy in 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 chat says that the M1 doesn't work for oh, Docker. Maybe I'm gonna get. With... I'm gonna get there. Okay, because I, I, that's what I'm most. Because I heard all this like. Oh yeah, it's all about virtualization. They they're doing all this work for virtualization.
3: Yeah, but they're virtualizing the old Apple system. So they're virtualizing uh, they're virtualizing x86 through what they're calling Rosetta 2, which is it's just a virtualization environment for running your old apps. And some of them even that's run the well. Old
2: Rosetta. Yeah.
3: Some of them run well. That's good news. Uh <laughs> but Photoshop doesn't come out until mid next year. So there's if you're a photo designer, there's no reason you wouldn't get this thing. The the drives start at uh 512 gigs and go up to 2 terabytes mm. for $800. Uh I mean, it's the prices on this thing are absolutely out of control. Just totally obnoxious. And there is no benchmark out there showing how it performs compared to anything, how well it actually runs. They're promising 20 hour battery life, though. Really? But this is in the low powered mode where uh, four of your eight CPU cores aren't running. And this is all on the new OS, which is what? Sierra? No, that's old. No, no. What is no, the new one? Big, what's it? Mount Rainier. Big Sur. Big, big Sur. Sur? I think. Uh, so that's where we get into the virtualization stuff. So, virtualization for this kind of stuff has to be implemented at the CPU level. You have to have virtualization support so that the CPU knows that it can talk directly to a shared memory space. If you don't have that, virtualization is just emulation. It's not virtualization. Mm. Um, The developer preview kits that came out did not have this... Feature in the hardware. All of the developer kits don't support virtualization. Um, VMware Fusion has come out and said, we're working on it. And Docker has come out and said, we found the address where virtualization is enabled on the core. So we know it's there, but we don't know what's wrong with it right now. And it could be quite some time before virtualization through Docker works.
2: This is so typical Apple. Like like they just don't give a shit. It's like, you know, yeah, we're going to change everything and you guys are either going to adapt and catch up or you're going to fall to the wayside and become irrelevant in our ecosystem. But
0: they've got and, they've got so many other users now. They're not catering to developers. They're catering I, to the people that want absolutely you know right. a 20-hour yeah. battery life because, mm. you know, everyone's traveling across the country right now or around the world <laughs> and watching movies. I well they they started
3: right. they started their own silicon process a couple of years ago. I don't think they had thought this thing was going to happen, but So no, the but other the still, other notable stuff was this They're still optimizing for battery life it seems like more than anything. Yes. Yes. Um, but the other interesting and notable thing about this is that now all of the devices are the same. So you've got the the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro, and what's the other one, The Mac John? Mini? And the Mac Mini, right. And they are all essentially iPads of different variations. Mm. Um, the MacBook Pro has active cooling and a bigger screen and the touchpad that everyone wants to pay the premium for. Uh, the MacBook Air is passively cooled, so it doesn't have any moving parts inside whatsoever. Um, it has a slightly smaller battery, but it's the same thing. And then the Mac Mini is a is a, an iPad without a screen. Um, this is
2: funny. This, this, this whole conversation started with an Apple event happened this week, and I could care less, don't really want to talk about it. And the one guy who's been slamming Apple for the last four years Goes on a rant for the last fifteen minutes about well, every
3: detail. It's a very very strange move for for Mac because they are locking everything down so tightly, hardware and software wise. This is another issue is that the the hardware is now digital digitally signing everything. So. You're locked out of your own operating system. It's digitally signed by the hardware. And there's a lot of things you can't do because of that now. Um, it's very possible you can't install third-party apps that aren't signed by Apple. Oh,
2: but I heard that. It's uh, a bit of a problem
3: today because ex- certi- ex- their signing, their certificate authority went down.
2: I, I heard <laughs> external GPUs aren't going to work anymore.
3: Uh, no, nope, external GPUs will not work. That, hey, remember
0: yeah. when I was talking about getting an iPhone because I was in the Apple ecosphere? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not doing that
3: anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's like we we picked the perfect time to veer away from that world, huh? Jeez, man.
3: Now, I like the I like the MacBook Air because passive cooling, eighteen-hour battery life—that's pretty cool. But it's an iPad.
2: Like I said, man, my iPad. It's I feel like I can do a lot with the iPad. I'm happy with that. I still have the Mac laptop uh, if I need it. When it dies, if it dies, if I leave it at an airport or something, I don't know if I'm going to buy a Mac or not. I mean, I had you asked me you, before you I started, before yeah. I started using the System 76 machine, I would have said, yeah, I, I would always want like that level of support for a mobile device because, again, this is my business, not only my livelihood but my business and. I wanna make sure that it's always functional. But I don't know, man. I'm pretty happy with my little Linux set- setup right now. So you,
0: you'll go with the system seventy six uh laptop, the next machine you buy. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: I feel like I feel like I could do it, man. I'm not not even that concerned yeah, about yeah. it. It's not even like a big deal. But so, yeah. so right. I got a question for you guys. I'm gonna move on. I'm not talking about As... Max anymore.
3: Yep. That's 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 the M1 chip.
2: That that, that was the whole thing I was going to do with my pitch. The whole reason I had us introduce ourselves before I did my pitch is I was going to let people know who we are, how John and I have a business, how we're all professional developers. We all code PHP every day. There was a whole spiel I had going, and you guys made me feel bad about it. (laughs) Thomas, let me ask you a question. Yes? How long have you been podcasting professionally?
3: Professionally? never i haven't started started, started considering
2: what we're doing is professional
3: (laughs) oh uh we'll call it almost three years i think four years four years four years
2: yes have you ever been on voices of the elephant no no really that's 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 funny john john you you've been pretty well entrenched (laughs) in the uh php community you started user groups you've been a conference speaker you're a podcaster have you ever been on voices of the elephant i have not no really that's surprising neither have hey, i
0: eric, eric have you been what? on
2: there
3: you've never done it. i
2: have not you know who has been on there fucking steve
3: oh god
2: <laughs> steve mister i don't like you guys steve. oh they're all right <laughs> I've not used been on to voices of the his
3: last name. I saw I saw on the Trello board Steve McDougal and I'm like, who's that? Then you said fucking Steve, and now I know who you're talking about. <laughs>
2: now you know who I'm talking about. We love we you. Lo- Steve. We, we love you, Steve. That. We do. Yeah, Steve, uh, Steve popped in. I'm listening to Voices of the Elephant, and they're like, he's like, uh, yeah, th- this week I speak to Steve McDougal, and I'm like, hey, we have a Steve. I'm like, listen to it. I'm like, huh, oh, that's weird. He says a lot of things our Steve says. I go back and look, and I'm like it's our fucking Steve. He stole our <laughs> Steve.
3: <laughs>
0: Steve, good. we made you famous, so you're on Voice of the Elephant now, right? It's it's all us. We're gonna take credit.
3: Well, okay. <laughs> to be clear here, Eric got his revenge. I'm not <laughs> sure. If, that? I'm not sure if you saw the latest uh, edition of PHP Architect.
2: Oh yes, absolutely. Uh,
3: if you want to check it out, it's free. phparch.com. arch.com. So the, the, the article I'm the, referencing here,
2: right? And it will be in our show notes, which I've been told is our complete crap.
3: Whatever. According to this article, we are the number two PHP podcast out there.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, who who who
3: wrote the article? Uh, some some journalist. It looks some credible journalists. It looks Swedish, Eric. <laughs> Vangeson. Vangeson? I
2: don't know. Vanj-
3: Vanj- Erich Vangeson.
2: <laughs> sounds German a, to me. His sure. Twitter
3: handle is really similar to yours, Eric.
2: Uh, I'm not sure. See, he he has a zero where I have a no. I think that's a, a lowercase zero. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's tricky. It's
3: a lowercase <laughs> number. <laughs> Those will get you every time.
2: Every time, man. Tell you. Yes, my, my community corner on PHP Architect. Uh, got released as the free article of the month. And,
3: he, uh, he tried
0: making it number one, but the editor in chief said,
3: "No, no, 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 no." Said, "No, <laughs> we have a PHP Architect podcast, so he cleverly put Architect Podcast as number one, but put ours higher up in the margin." Then
2: he <laughs> <laughs> don't do the layout, man. <laughs> don't do the layout. <laughs>
3: So I can I can expect a flood of new listeners because of this, this oh, yeah. shining it's recommendation come pouring in here now I can
2: feel it <laughs> Any moment now I missed a lot too I can't believe I forgot to mention dev slash podcast so I created a whole honorable mentions page or section because there are people like Cal Evans who has
3: <laughs> and, and a we're on the main section and not in the honorable mentions.
2: Hey, I had to give Laraville their whole, se- whole separate section just for Laraville podcast. Laraville has a lot of freaking podcasts, man. This is even all of them. I mean, they've got a lot of podcasts I and mean, they're all pretty good too. Unfortunately. Um, kind of envious about that but uh yeah they got a lot of podcasts i even looked for a good symphony or wordpress podcast to throw in here even though i don't listen to it and nobody recommended one and i couldn't find one so didn't do it
3: (laughs) oh i started messing with symphony this week decided to just completely completely halt and not do anything until php8 comes out oh yeah yeah
2: so listen php8 man we got a lot of feedback about our PHP 8 coverage, and I had even... How wrong we were? (laughs) No. But I I had popped into uh, the PHP Architect uh, Discord. So PHP Architect has a Discord. I can't exactly tell you how to get to it, because I'm not sure if you need to be a member or if it's open-to-everybody one. I I got in because I'm a contributor, and they, they let us in early. I think they let subscribers in now. I'm not sure they didn't know who you were you at first. PhD. Yeah. But anyways, I, I'd gone in there because a lot of the PHP architect, uh, contributors hang out in there and a lot of people I respect. Um, so I asked them about the, uh, named, uh, not named variables. What were uh, named arguments? Yeah. I asked them about the named arguments one, because it was mm. bugging me like all week long. Like it can't be like, it can't be what we thought it was. It like can't
3: be it that can't, fragile.
2: Right. And they they all pretty much agree. They're like, yeah, that's just how it is. Get used to it because it's the way it's going to be, and it's really not that big of a deal. Don't you know? Don't overthink it. I'm like, "Eh, I feel like it is a big deal.
3: I mean, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's it's not that big of a deal, except that the one example of using it on the internet at the time of of our recording was broken because the syntax had changed, mm -hmm. like. There was only one real in-production use of that code, and it was broken because PHP 4, the alpha 4, had come out and changed the name of a variable.
2: That's... Right, array, array fill or something. Yeah, one of the, yeah. in, and the arguments.
0: And within the, the PHP code base, it probably won't be a big deal. They are saying that it's part of the contract, which right. is all fine. It's all fine and dandy. But library maintainers, you know, i I may refactor my code often enough and just I'm just gonna update the name of this variable because I'm used to, you know, they're in order. People aren't doing named uh, attributes or whatever they're called. Named
3: arguments. Well yeah, and and you can tell now them now you have to be concerned about that. You can you can tell them don't use named arguments for my library, but that doesn't mean they're going to or not. You have no, no way of that's stopping that.
0: That's gonna be part of a coding style. You know, if you're organization uses those, it's going to be across the board, it's not going to be here and there. And I'm not going to do it for this library. So it's concerning beyond the the PHP code base or core functions. Mm -hmm. We happen to see
3: a break there. We also covered uh, a couple things last week that I said I was going to look into. Mm -hmm. And I got some great information. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to go into that now.
2: Absolutely. I've been looking forward to it all week. Go ahead and share your browser, I guess. I think... uh
3: uh so the viewers appreciate so let's start with the null safe operator uh, yes
0: the one where we kind of agreed that it is pointless it was stupid at,
3: yeah so the null safe operator uh what this does is it returns null when a when a method doesn't exist or when a when a null uh when a method or attribute is being called on a null object um and we had sort of come to the conclusion that this was stupid because you can use the null coalescing operator to achieve the same thing the issue here is that with the null coalescing operator if you're making call a to call b to call c to call d and b if, is if null if you're cha-
0: if you're chaining
3: yeah so if calls. you're chaining then A will get called to B, and B will return null, but the null coalescing operator will say, well, let's keep trying, and then it'll go to C, and it'll try to call... You're going to keep trying
0: on null? Yes. So it's got to do something other than null then.
3: It's basically just suppressing the null warning, but it keeps executing the chain, because it is an operator at the end of the execution path. Um, So, So if C has a
2: value, but B is null, it'll continue to return... A well, C.
3: so this is, it's a bad example, but it shows the under underlining okay. function of it is that null coalescing operator will execute the whole thing and then return null, which isn't that big of a deal until you have method bar in your, in your argument to a null method. So on my screen here, you can see null question mark points to foo as a method and the, and the, a uh, function call bar is inside of the foo method. Mm-hmm. With null coalescing, bar will get called. Even if A is null, when you try to call the method B, it will first fetch the arguments for method B and execute all the code that those arguments require and then try to call method B on null. Whereas this, very confused. this null safe... Operator will say, hey, this method doesn't exist. Don't bother trying to establish the arguments for it.
0: Oh, okay. I'm getting it. So you're passing a, almost a closure or a method call as a parameter. That's still going to get called.
3: Right. So if, if bar, all it did was say sleep 10 seconds, return true, then if you're calling it on null, it will sleep for 10 seconds and then return true to null whereas with the null safe operator it won't call bar it'll just say you're trying to call a method that doesn't in- exist and isn't going to exist so don't bother with the arguments in it either
0: yeah so it's a bad example in the, in in the fact that it's it's hard to conceptualize but if if you're talking about just a closure
2: that executes right so 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 can you give me a rule of thumb when
3: when would you use one over the other you, you would always use null safe instead of null coalescing. Wait, other way around, right? Mm-mm. Null safe is a lower level operation, and it takes more effort to implement. Oh, null
0: safe will not execute the closure where the null coalescing will. Will.
3: So the null safe and null coalescing will produce the same results, but null safe will have a much lower overhead and actually short circuits the execution of the rest of the... Of the command. Whereas null coalescing says, do your thing. And when you get back to me, let me know what you got. And if you threw an exception, I'll throw a null. Gotcha. So yeah.
0: it's so it's still an ugly, it's an ugly syntax, but it has a purpose.
3: Yes. Um, now in practice, I'm going to use null coalescing because I'm not anticipating problems with polymorphic chaining on data, you know, relationship models and all this stuff. I'm building to expect either I get something or I don't. In lower-level design, and this is a theme that runs through all of the new stuff in PHP 8, in lower-level programming, where performance is a major focus, where framework design is flexible but fast, that's what this stuff is for. Um, And you're really going to see that when we get to weak maps.
2: All right, well, let's do it. Let's get into weak maps. But before weak maps...
3: You're teasing me. I don't appreciate it. Go ahead. Yeah, right. you love it. The match
2: it's just I'm just a so button for punishment
3: the match expression we covered it but there was there was some confusion about its use versus On our show? switch yes That's crazy what um so match does support a default value uh which we had had trouble locating uh it is a keyword it is not a it's just default and then the thing one of the interesting things about match that we didn't cover is that match must match a condition. Oh, so really? it, if you are, if you have case one, two, and three handled in your match expression mm-hmm. and someone passes in four, it will throw an unhandled match exception. Unless you have a de- default set up. Yes. Gotcha. Well, let me see. Interesting. That right now. So <clears throat> that's something that, uh, that everyone should be aware of.
2: of. You are right.
3: Um, also is, is interesting. De- is
2: there a default for match?
3: Yeah. Just default. Just the word default unquoted. Mm-hmm. Unquoted. Unquoted. It's a keyword. Uh, it's so just, just like
0: in Switch.
3: Yes. Uh, another thing is that match is strictly typed. You can match an object to an object or an array to an array. Uh, and it supports uh, the dot 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 syntax for making multiple matches on a single value. So there's lots of interesting cases. Um, yeah. I recommend checking out php.watch they have an article on the match expression and it basically covers everything you would need to know about it, which you should want to know everything because you're gonna see this in place of Switch in a lot of places, and uh it'll be annoying <laughs> if you don't know what it <laughs> what the syntax are means.
2: You, are you gonna throw that in the I show threw
3: notes? the yeah, I threw the wrong one in there. That's that's in the show notes, I just it's on the wrong page. Okay. Weak maps. Are you ready? Let's do it. You gonna pull up that playground again? Uh nope, not yet. Okay. Because we're going to start with weak references.
2: So this is all brand new to PHP 8.
3: No, no, weak references were new to PHP 7, but greater than greater than seven four, right? Uh, yes, seven four. So, Sorry, that's what I'm here for.
0: I can read. I can read the screen.
3: So this gets a little insidey, but if I create a new object and assign it to variable a, then that object is created in memory, and the variable gets a reference pointer to the object in memory. Mm-hmm. If I say B equals A, then the internal counter of how many references there are to that object goes up. Right. If the internal counter, if I destroy B or I unset it, or I change B to point to something else, that internal counter goes down. If I unset B and then unset A, the counter is at zero and the garbage collection process destroys the object. Or flags the memory as abandoned. To be used again somewhere else. So a weak reference is a way of referencing an existing object without incrementing that internal counter. So if I say A equals new standard class, and then I say B equals weak reference create A, then the counter on that standard class is still just one. And if I delete the weak reference... The counter is still one.
2: And do you know what the benefit of this is? Yes. The, go ahead. Explain it. Because I think Go has a similar principle with their references as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember why.
3: Uh, this would be if you're using something in a loop and you want to make sure that you're cleaning up the contents of your loop, that within your loop, your references to the object are not incrementing it. Mm-hmm. So that when your loop exits, you don't have trailing references to an object that's no longer being used. Hmm. Um, and Doesn't and sound familiar? On its own, it's not super helpful, but that's why we're starting with weak references instead of weak maps, because weak maps is where it gets helpful. So okay. on a weak reference, if I delete the initial object, A, B still exists, but because the counter is now zero, garbage collection will clean it up, and B will point to null.
0: At some point, maybe not right away.
3: Um, yeah, and it it's depends on your INI settings and stuff like that. But when garbage collection needs to run, it will run, and anything with zero references will be cleaned up. So this this can help in seeding databases and doing certain things. It's It's not the most handy thing in the world for day-to-day stuff, but I mean, weak maps aren't going to be a day-to-day thing for us either. So a weak map is the concept of carrying over that weak relationship to an entirely new... Object or reference. So if in this case, in the case that's on screen here, I'm not sure if it's actually displaying very well.
2: Move it move it to your left a little if you can.
3: So in this reference here, we are getting a product and marking that as variable product. And then we're getting all the reviews for that product and marking that variable that contains all the reviews as just reviews. With a weak map, I can say the reviews, the contents of the reviews variable is bound To the existence of the weak object that I give that I attach it to. So I've got product and I've got reviews. And in memory, product is one k of data, and reviews is megabytes of text. When I weak map reviews to product and delete product, reviews goes with it in garbage collection. If it's it's in your browser, on stream. Oh, that's right. I'm not. There we go. Yeah, no worries.
0: <laughs> so traditionally, in this situation, I would have, if I was having a memory issue, and I've determined this is where it was at. In order to get around it, I would have created a, a destruct method within my review list, and then unset
3: the variables I needed, and hope that they weren't referenced elsewhere. That was being Some, used. somewhere else, right? And, or or not being used. If you're if you have dynamically named variables, or if you have deep reaches of your code, of your if loops that don't get called every time a product is pulled up. You know, if you're handling reviews and then reviews goes down another tunnel and says reviews for your location and then reviews that are positive, you know, above three stars, and then further down, the the chaining of all this stuff, you can develop these memory holes, these these memory leaks in your system. Oh, I've got
0: tons I've got tons of those. So Auto do replace. I.
3: Yeah. And so the solution to this is in your for each loops, where you're handling lots of data, make sure that you weak map to your object that you're looping over. That way, every time the loop finishes and starts over again, when that variable, when that object that you're looping over gets deconstructed and then constructed into the next iterated iterated item, the whole for loop gets collapsed, garbage collected, and start it over. So i I can see myself using this a lot in stuff that has out of memory usage or uh, slows down as it continues executing or things like that. It's
0: I, ha- I have this issue in a library that we are still using. Again, the library was written for PHP four, so it's full of memory issues, and I'm constantly fighting like needing to call free on it and then de- uh, unset every piece of it when I when I'm trying to fight these memory issues so this could be very useful
3: yeah this is this is one where I absolutely see myself using it in the future um, I don't know if this is really a good example that they show here because there's no obvious place where the leak would occur but you can see that at least right here when you unset product one then the weekly mapped Contents of the reviews get dumped. They get sent to garbage collection. Um uh, an interesting note in this article is the null coalescing assignment operator being used, which means that if the garbage collection has executed and this weekly mapped value is no longer referenced, you can say get it again. Uh, so in this case we say get reviews for the product, and then it stores it in an array, or it goes and executes the database call to get the reviews. So, the so weak it's map, almost this is it, almost a caching method for objects within a right. single so execution the, of a program.
0: The weak map itself is an array. It's being treated as an array. Yes. You are, you are basically getting a pointer to a specific item in that array, and then when you get rid of it, you're getting rid of it basically you're getting rid of that element within that array so it's not kept around for no reason.
3: Right. Um, And and for what we do on the daily basis, this seems like, okay, well, there's caching. There's other caching that uses Redis and whatever and whatever. That caching does not account for the memory that's being in use by the PHP application that's running. That caching handles uh, large blocks of data that need to be fetched frequently, but it doesn't handle objects being shuffled around and constantly used and when they're not used anymore, flushing the memory out of PHP. And so this is
0: this is interesting to me though, because to me the the cache is there because you want a copy of it. So when you go to get product one again, you already have it. You don't need to go grab it again,
3: unless I'm, so I'm, unless you've got a long running process that is pruning itself, maintaining its own uh, memory by checking the size of the array and cleaning out things that haven't been used recently. Or you're running something like a web application that can search for 10 different users at once. And if 10 users are all looking at product one, then you want to have those 10 instances pointing to the same one product. But as soon as no one's looking at product one anymore, you want it dumped. And this process, this is a long running process that's handling multiple users simultaneously. In PHP, we don't think about that. We think of one process per user. But when you start Start, getting into... Start and
0: stop really quick.
3: Right. Right. But you start getting into WebSockets, you couldn't write WebSockets in PHP because the memory, if you weren't masterful at handling it, would leak all over the place. So this is a way of writing long-running processes designed to handle multiple users simultaneously and spreading your garbage collection out to handle that specific use case.
2: That's interesting because we did just... talked to the creators of swole last last month and that's exactly what they do and, and that was actually one of the long, one of the use cases they talked about long running processes and but yeah it's maybe they're just really good at what they do i don't know yeah for my long running
0: process right now in each loop i check how much memory have you used and if you're over at some threshold all right exit let supervisor d restart you back up Right.
3: And the because idea. There's the no idea, way to
0: know where that memory is being used at, and cleaning it mm-hmm. up is a pain in the ass.
3: The idea that's very common in Node is having, having abstract factories that are weak mapped to result sets. And if the result set's being used by one thread, then it can be used by the other thread. If not, then you create it for this one thread, and that thread can be used by the other threads that need to use it. So this is something that has existed a long time in multi-threaded, long-running process-based languages. But we couldn't do it without the null coalescing and the weak references and a couple other technologies that just got added in 7.4 and 8. So now this is an actually viable thing for a PHP developer to do, create a long-running process that knows it's a long-running process and handles itself according. And you don't have to deal with garbage collection. You just have to know that garbage collection exists and works. So yeah, you know that, that's why weak maps were so hard to understand on the first reading.
0: <laughs> well, That's interesting. Garbage collection on a long-running process, I've never really thought about it, but it has to be a manual thing because it is currently, it is a probability-based Thing per run, isn't it? It used to be,
3: but it's not anymore. Um, part of the performance increases in seven and eight are changing the way garbage collection works and having it run on a timed interval or a CPU cycle interval. Oh, really? Well, you know, I'm going to have to look it up and tell you next week.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember messing. I mean, I said lot. that as okay.
2: convincingly
3: as I could. It used to be. But it was.
0: Yes. It, it was a whole probability. So there was a percentage chance that your garbage. Which would be cleaned up or not
3: yeah it no longer
0: is all right i'll take your word on it because i'm not taking the time to look it up
3: i believe it runs it's it runs with every application execution it's always running in the background
2: i'll take your word for it because i was I to stop we'll, listening sometime Back we'll
3: get we'll get into it next week i've got the page right here and it's too long to read right now <laughs> so that's that's my promised uh update on the php8 stuff um cool Except I kind of got into attributes today. And that's one of the reasons why I decided I wasn't going to keep going with symphony is that symphony says, Hey, you know, here's how you do attributes in doc blocks. And I just mm-hmm. know, I just know that that's going to be done for in December that. Attributes, you don't know that? Oh, it's so nice. It's so much faster. It's so nice. It's so pretty. You can set rules to your attributes. So you can have a framework that says, Hey, here's your attribute rules the The newest version of PHP Storm, uh, I think, came out last week. Supports mm-hmm. attribute type hinting and all that stuff that you would need for an IDE. So it's fancy, and mm. I've I've already started thinking about trying to port larabelle routes over to attribute driven because that's it's definitely a doable thing
2: isn't that how symphony does it isn't, isn't symphony routes attributes yeah
3: um yeah, it, okay. in symphony it's a it's an additional it's an add-on you can right, either right, use right. you can either use a, a built-in routing class and write them out or you can mm. use the attributes the symphony attributes plugin, which inspects doc blocks to find your routes um I mean, I'm reading a lot about Symfony right now, and it's just, no one's going to want to stick with the doc block-based attribute stuff when this comes out. No one.
0: No, of course not. It's Once it's part of the actual language, it's going to be
3: moved. Yeah, and I think it'll move
2: quick. Well, see, I don't, because, I mean, then you're forcing everybody to move to PHP 8
3: quick, right? I th- no. I think a lot of them...
2: Backwards compatible, baby. Because it's within it's, a comment.
3: It is yes, a comment, so you-
2: It
0: won't work, Uh, but
3: I can stack it on top of... Not really backwards compatible then. Well, no, I can stack it on top of Laravel's existing route system, call a new service provider that I wrote that says, hey, after you're done handling routes the old way, handle them the new way too.
2: But again, the new way won't work unless you're on
3: PHP 8. It won't break, but But it won't work. But if you're not on PHP 8 by the next seven months...
0: But but it, it doesn't matter anyway because... If you're not an 8, you're not going to be
3: using the new way anyway.
0: It's going to be a service provider that you would have to enable or say, I want to use a service provider.
3: Right. It won't break anything by by starting to use it hmm. as the end user. If I'm, if I'm distributing libraries for Laravel that use the new attribute-based routing, then yeah, that'll break for people who are trying to run Laravel 8 on 7.4, but I can set the requirement for PHP 8 in my Composer JSON and that solves itself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is going to be a very swift transition. Everything is in place for it to happen very quickly.
0: And we want to keep pushing people to, to upgrade sooner than later anyway. Mm-hmm. Don't want to get into PHP 4 and 5.2 issues that we've had in the past.
2: Yeah, cool. Uh, kind of along that same lines, uh, I put it in the Trello board. Have We talked We talked uh, a while back about PHP the right way, that website, and how it's really not relevant anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I had a Twitter kind of back and forth with somebody who, you know, I called him up. He's another podcaster. He does a coder radio. Um, and he's, he's one of these people who will slam PHP. And I gave him a little bit of a hard time about it in my article, but, uh, you know, he was like, well, get, you know, tell me what's, you know, what's new. Like he said, I haven't used PHP in probably the last, I think he said decade, I'm like, oh man, yeah, she's like where change. do I start? And I thought about PHP the right way. I'm like, ah, that site's not really relevant anymore. But I went there and click on the link, man. I think, well, I know it's been updated because it tells you at the very top it was updated on April in April. Yeah. Much nicer layout. I I I still feel confident re- recommending this site the site to people if uh, if if you're out there. And you're curious. It's still a very relevant site, in my opinion. Um, I think we were a little premature in in our judgment before, but I I do understand what you were saying. A lot of the concepts that were in the original website probably didn't apply as much anymore. But PHP the right way, they see they seem to be keeping this thing fairly current. It's well, I mean, it's oh,
3: it's current, but it's referencing like. Yeah, use the PDO extension to make queries. And it's current, but it's not necessarily relevant anymore because of how people are using Laravel Symphony Cake. I would, I don't know.
2: I mean, I think it's still relevant talking about, yeah, you're right. It doesn't really apply to like the frameworks, but the concepts, a lot of the concepts that have changed over the years, it's still pretty relevant with that stuff.
3: Yeah. Does it handle the Gang of Four stuff? Or the Gang of Five? Uh, I don't. I don't know.
2: Do a quick search for gang. I guess. Let's um, see.
3: I'm not seeing anything about.
2: It does talk about solid. I did patterns. see solid in here.
3: That's the thing: is that patterns have become so fundamental to basic PHP development and design patterns, mm. under
0: coding practices. Yeah. Coding practices.
3: Auto loading only shows up twice in the entire thing. Yeah. The handling dependencies. Dependency injection's not there. Yeah, it uh, is.
0: It's it's right in the the top of the middle column. Dependency
2: injection. Oh, it's in, in the big bold letters. Maybe that that's what threw
3: you. Yeah, off. I'm just going blind. <laughs> my eyes. Are, I realized my eyes have been bad for a uh, couple decades, and I just never knew it. Oh, oh mine it have
0: gotten so bad in the past. It, it seems like all of a sudden, like they're <laughs> that, bad. I'm so my... annoyed. It, it...
3: I read the article. moment
1: I
2: started wearing glasses, the moment I started wearing glasses, I went downhill. Like my my eyes just gave up on on trying. I, I put glasses on, I, and they could I don't relax think it's, again.
0: I don't think it's glasses that did that because mine. <laughs> I haven't worn glasses, and man, it is
3: oh, horrible. He's he's talking. He's not talking about his eyeglasses. He's talking about his whiskey glass. <laughs> just as he goes through that whiskey glass, the vision just gets worse and worse.
2: <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> I no, um, bottle day. You
3: know, I have. You know, you know, I have agoraphobia. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you want to look it up, it's 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 not one definition. It's a defi- it's ten different things. But um, I was reading an article by a ophthalmologist who said, "Hey, uh, it turns out that people who get." sudden tunnel vision that causes their heart to palpitate often have misaligned pupils and just never knew. So they're Mm -hmm. seeing, they're seeing literal tunnel vision and their body is always compensating for that. So they get headaches and their neck hurts and they get anxiety attacks randomly. And I looked at my wife and realized that if I relaxed my eyes, if I didn't focus specifically at her and and strain my eyes. I have normally very, very good vision. It's like 30-20. I can see very well, but I have to focus to do it. I have to pay attention to do it. And that's causing a bunch of medical issues that I just never acknowledge because I'm so used to it. So I'm going to an ophthalmologist and getting my eye alignment checked and possibly getting glasses to correct it. So yeah, that's yep. medical concern of the week. <laughs> yeah, like I realize
0: I, can I can't see took- just... Two feet in front of me. It's like I'm constantly now starting to move things away from me to see better.
2: Once I started wearing glasses, I, it, it was it, it was all over. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't read my watch anymore without my glasses on. I couldn't read my my monitor anymore without my glasses on. I mean, it just once I put those glasses on, I just well, I, I've been wearing them ever since.
3: My wife was very upset this week because. She had gotten an email from one of our kids' teachers, which A, was upsetting, but B, she she had to hold the phone up to her eyes like this and then move it back and forth to get it into focus. And as she realized she was doing this, she just started going, God damn it! God damn it! No! I
2: can't be this old yet! So you want you want to hear one of the most horrifying stories I have as a parent, as a... Oh as, yes as a father oh the the school called us into when our children was were really young I mean I, they might have even still been in kindergarten it, it couldn't have been past first grade, but they were very young school calls us in they're like uh <laughs> like yeah um you know we did an eye exam and we're pretty sure you should take your daughter I have twin daughters uh, and, and twins are actually notorious for bad eyesight because of the way they develop um. But they were they were like we think if, you know you should take your daughters in and have their eyes examined and find out if they need glasses because they showed signs of needing glasses and I'm like I'm like I don't know my kids I'm, my kids read like crazy I mean from from the moment they could open a book they were reading and and they were excelling in school I'm like my kids don't need glasses you're crazy so we take we take them in and it's it's the the classic stand here, read the chart, and they're, like, on the second line, and they can't read the letter. And I'm, like, standing there, I'm like, <laughs> come on! Come on, give it a try! Did it's G. That? What are you talking about? It's like, it's like a, a, a donkey? There are no donkeys on there! What are you talking about? Read the letter! Uh, man, I felt like the most neglectful parent in the entire world. But, like you said, they were young, they were compensating, they... They didn't think it wasn't even an issue for them. Right. But boy, did they need glasses, man. And, uh, but yeah, you feel, you feel like an inch tall as, as a parent, because you know, that doctor's thinking, how could you not know this? Like, why did your school have to send them to the doctor?
3: Yeah. I felt so bad. That just reminds me of the time my son laid down on the soccer field. (laughs) You just sort of grab your hair and go, come on, dude, there's other parents here. What are you doing? Like,
2: oh, man. What,
3: I, what inhaler? I don't know what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> He's
3: always that color. Yeah. It's
2: the the, the purple. It's just the... It matches it's, the it's uniform. what he does. <laughs> oh, man. Parenting
3: uh, is hard. Got one Sorry more to thing. write a book
2: on it. What?
3: Update from uh, Derek Wraithens. The Raythens. current current person creating handling xd bug all that stuff um just gives, current,
0: current oh. like he's not the original
3: well he started by saying how much work he got paid for versus how much work he did so i'm saying current cuz he might just give up um he got he got funded for 45 hours of work from the community and he did 75 hours of work in october so really like give him a subscription that guy needs some money for now maybe not in the future because he started talking about Xdebug Cloud, hmm. which he didn't give a lot of information and said that it's <clears throat> it's currently completely private. He will be opening up a private alpha, but Xdebug being completely handled through the cloud, connecting to local PHP Storm integrations, doing all the work for you. Uh, he's also still working on PHP 8 functionality, because that's a huge rewrite for him because of a uh, Just-In-Time compiler and a lot of other changes. Mm-hmm. Um But 3.0 is in beta now, so if you're on PHP 8, you can start banging around with the uh, Xdebug3 beta. And it appears that there are some uh, benchmarks that show that Xdebug3 performance is up quite a bit. So Derek has a Patreon, uh, GitHub sponsor page, and he's currently only at 66%. Of his one thousand dollar monthly goal, which is not a lot.
2: We need to move. So Diego Dev sponsors him, um, which naturally, is the company, John naturally. and I. We need. We, we should move our sponsorship over to GitHub so we can get our
3: little logo on here, John.
0: Ooh. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I don't know what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> um, and my last thing, I'm gonna handle. I'm gonna hand it all over to you. I wanted to end on an on an up note this week. A Let's really, a really big up note. Big it. Lay it on me. December 2nd, the McRib is back.
2: I have never had a McRib. It doesn't even interest me. Is that bad?
0: It doesn't, it doesn't interest me at all either, kind of- and I wonder why. Kind of shits on my up note. Uh,
2: I I just McRib has never appealed to me on any level. McDonald's actually doesn't appeal to me on very few levels. It it didn't appeal to me until
3: I had the teenagers, and then it's like all of a sudden back there.
2: You'd be interested to know that uh, I guess they're coming out with a plant-based burger.
3: McPlant, McPlant. I'm sure it won't be vegan. It will be. Why do you say that? Because it's McDonald's. They would have (laughs) called it. They would have called it McVegan if it weren't bound by egg or something. It's just
2: that's probably probably valid. I
3: it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be lettuce that's chopped up and then reconstituted with an egg binder. It's gonna be a thousand <laughs> calories
2: <laughs> with bacon on top. You yes, you McDonald's.
3: <laughs> uh, bacon bits yeah. are vegan, actually. So is my uh, so is my beer of the day. Bacon
2: bits are not vegan. Bacon bits. are bacon yeah.
3: bacon bits are vegan. oh
0: most most Baco bacon bits on. No, most bacon bits on the market are mm-hmm.
3: not bacon, yeah, they're usually just compressed and flavored soy. oh all right fine that's that's my up note. I guess that doesn't count. What do you guys have? What is breeze?
2: with laravel 8 the the release of laravel 8 um you, there was a big hubbub about Jetstream. if you remember that was the new uh off oh, yes. system that he put in place uh that, t- that laravel put in place taylor put in place and uh, th- th- it's probably it was probably one of the topics that he got the most pushback on and uh so he's now released breeze which is uh more of a lightweight off system more more like the traditional uh, auth UI package that you used to add to Laravel that just does some you know basic auth stuff. And I think it still uses Tailwind. I forget actually now that I'm it saying does, it. It does. Yeah, it does I use Tailwind. I guarantee yeah, you just, the
3: name came first, that he was sitting on the toilet trying to think of clever names, and he thought Tailwind, auth, I'll call it Breeze. And that's when the idea happened.
2: I don't follow that thinking, but I, I don't doubt
3: breeze, it. Breeze? Wind?
2: Oh, Jesus. What's wrong with you? That's the name. Tailwind. Tailwind Breeze. Uh, yeah. All right. Sure. I'll give that one to you. <laughs> Thank give you. Give you something. Thank you. I'm not putting the McDonald's article in show notes, man. Come on.
3: You, you don't have to. I'm, I'm not going to. It's, it's already been roundly shot down. Mostly for murder. <laughs> and my abject celebration of it now now i don't want one
2: i I thought this was gonna be like a rick and morty thing with the uh with the moulin sauce that i didn't get but yeah, I'm not a a anatomy guy. Never understood the appeal. appeal It doesn't even look good.
3: You know, of all the articles that are left on here, John has Mm -hmm. the one that interests me the most.
2: Let's do it. Let's do one more. John, which one? Try hack me.
3: It was just an
0: interesting uh, article. I came across or a site I came across. If you're really interested in hacking and learning how to hack mostly to help prevent things from happening within your system, it's a great little tutorial. It, you know, it takes you down the road of pen testing. I had an absolute blast doing this at conferences where you can do uh, capture the flag, where you get introduced to some of the uh, some of the concepts around how to hack a site, and then you are given a virtual virtual machine that you can access, and then you figure out how to capture the flag or find whatever data is necessary to complete that challenge. So TryHackMe is a basically a learning platform to learn how to do these things. And there's a free version and a subscription version. And it there just looks been, really interesting.
3: Yeah, there have been a couple of these in the past that I've used, and this one definitely... <clears throat> looks like it takes it up a notch. Uh, they, yeah, it, it
0: actually gives you a whole Linux machine that you can access.
3: Yeah, they've got a Kali machine. If you're not familiar with hacking, Kali is the hacker framework Linux distribution. That's very cool. I like, I like a lot of this.
0: And it, it, there's a lot of different concepts. So there's, you know, your traditional web application, but there's also, it looks like network hacking, just different mm-hmm. different things to learn.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and And this is something that I haven't, spoken on in a long time, which is that I started out as a security expert in in the roughest sense that I managed to get better grades than I should have in <laughs> high school. But that foundation gives me a lot of insight when I'm developing as to what I need to do to secure our content from hackers. It, if you're developing and you don't know how to hack, then you're missing a very big Portion of the knowledge that you need for de- designing a secure system,
0: even just the minimal version of hacking.
3: Right, right. Even if you're yeah. just just handling uh, uh, cross-site XSS or uh, understanding DDoSing, go, go, go
0: more. No, go more basic than that. It <sighs> wasn't that long ago. I would, I was able to buy a product on a competitor's website for free. Right. So I would go go to that website. I would say. I don't want to pay for this. And they would ship it to me. They found that I took it a step further. Oh crap. They, they fixed that. Oh, but if I make the shipping negative amounts, I can still get it for free. (laughs) So knowing those types of things, one, you can prevent it from happening to you. And not that you should exploit that, but I was young and dumb and I took advantage of that.
3: Yeah. And just
2: just admitted to a federal crime on, uh, it's not a crime. It's not, not
3: a crime federal, to modify yeah. values that are being sent to your system and sending them back. Yeah. Um, it's a crime to modify values on someone else's machine, but modifying values on your machine is protected. Um, so they have to show criminal intent and they have to show activity that – Why I don't know why I would know this stuff. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, God, who gets into law like that? around hacking also oddly enough the movie hackers still surprisingly accurate like it's still fun to watch it's still fun to watch and there's still a lot of real world examples of how hacking works most specifically dressing up in a uniform and entering a place you're not supposed to be Mm -hmm. that's they they do that a couple times in the movie and it's a hundred percent accurate they they that's like I, uh,
2: Just just last night, I watched uh, Johnny Mnemonic. And that's
3: that still holds up pretty good. No, I did not. Fa- I did not feel oh, that that's way.
2: Fun. That is so much fun to watch.
3: He had a terabyte of data in his brain, and it was causing it to melt. I don't think it, it was a terabyte. You guys are talking about uh, classic Johnny Mnemonic. Movies.
2: It was. A, I think that might have been that might have been the first like serious role I saw Keanu Reeves in.
3: I'm like, hey, that's that guy from Bill and Ted. Was that his? No, he did a uh, drama before that where he was a uh, star-crossed lover in uh, Time Long Forgotten.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know why I wouldn't have seen that movie, but <laughs> I would have seen this one. But yeah, uh, like. it was the Matrix before the Matrix. Yeah,
3: it's but it's it's got a lot of uh, super no longer okay racial references, specifically to the japanese
2: they had transgender in there which was like you know absolutely crazy back then it was actually i don't know man it holds up pretty well now that i think about it like i said i just watched it last night as far as like the cyberpunk future you know they pretty good what do you got there this
3: random babbling brought to you by our patreons patreons Patrons patrons on Patreon from Patreon. Patreon. I guess Patreons. are we Patreons? Because we're user we're members no. of Patreon. And no, so really. the pa- they're Patreons to they're patrons to our pa- Patreon. They're
2: Patreons.
3: they to our Patreon. <clears throat> Thank you very much, you guys. It's it's awesome to have people supporting us like this and supporting the uh incredibly well developed visual effects we now have on the YouTube stream. We couldn't have had it without you. One of these days I'll have an Elgato stream deck. It'll go even smoother. One of these days. I don't know when. Like three years from now, but that's yeah. okay. My birthday's coming up. <laughs> um I that's that's it for me. Like it's another information-packed episode. I it was a good one. I feel like um ever since we got called out by fucking Steve, our quality <laughs> has, has gotten much better. <laughs>
2: We realized people were listening and stepped it up a little
3: bit. Yeah, oh god. What have we been doing? See?
2: Now how do you think Buttery Crumpets feels? He's been listening this whole time. He doesn't feel like, you know, he's brought us quality. He you know, we don't feel like we need to step up for Buttery? No, but we need to step up for fucking Steve.
3: No, cuz Buttery Buttery signed up when when we had episodes where one of us was too high to even speak. And he <laughs> And he he got into the Patreon game after that. He saw it happen and said, "I want to pay for this. <laughs> I, want, I want a piece of this right yeah. there." With several those several those. episodes where where Eric and I were both hammered <laughs> by the end of it. Oh my
2: gosh! <laughs> used, early on, the only only way we could even start is if I had a pretty good buzz going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I see nothing's changed. <laughs> Not really. No. All right. Well, I think that's it. Episode 213
1: is in the book. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'm going to drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'm going to send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this because the people love me.